two generations of brothers making music like this, it's, it's very unique. Coming from a family of deaf parents, and all of a sudden they get some children that, wow, they're musically talented. It's blossomed. It's really special now. I think it, it, it says a lot to, to who we are, what we've learned, where we want to go, and the legacy we leave behind. My name is David Ullman, and you just heard the voices of my brother Brian, my dad Jim, and his brother Jack. Together, we are the Allman Boys, and in this conversation, you'll hear us going track by track through our first studio recording collection, the newly released family album. We'll be reminiscing about the stories surrounding the song selections, the recording sessions, and the inspirations for the project. If you'd like to hear more, you can find Family Album wherever you get your digital music. Your Apple, your Amazon, your Spotify, YouTube, iHeartMusic, something called Deezer, I think. You can also stream and download the collection for free on DreamingOutLoudRecords.com. This is our 50th Dreaming Out Loud music release, spanning over 20 years. And in some ways, this Family Album was almost 60 years in the making. I spoke to the other three members of the band from my home in Minnesota, where I've lived for the last 10 years with my wife and two dogs. Dad, Jack, and Brian, as well as the family Shih Tzu's Emma and Sophia, were all together in Ritman, Ohio, in the house where we all grew up. And despite the sentimental sound bites I chose for the intro, we also have a lot of laughs. Maybe because we were a little punchy from talking for two solid hours prior to what I include here. I hope you're half as delighted by this talk as we were. A little day by Jack and Diane Two American kids growing up in the heartland Jackie gonna be a football star Time every down backseat of Jackie's car so let's just dive in. Uh, it starts off with Jack and Diane, which for me, the the production, as always, is wonderful that you do, Brian. But this is like, kicks off with a, a stellar uh, sonic palette there that is, you know, sounds very much like the commercially released song, but has a, kind of its own flavors. And uh, so I'm just wondering, like, to kind of start us off, because as my first impression of like track one uh, is like, whoa, this sounds incredible. So like, what what were you kind of going for sonically with the with this project? I always want to do the best I can to make it sound like what people know. And this is one that's so iconic. It was really tough to try to even go down that lane. I mean, I remember Jessica Simpson doing this as a remake when I was a teenager um in her own way but it's just such a well-known song it was really tough to tackle and this i I have to give props to jack on this because i i asked him from the start i said i need to do sample drums or he's like i i need to program drums and he he had no problem about it it's not often that drummers can let go and let someone else take the uh the tempo of the song but (laughs) yeah what is it ringo said in that documentary I am the fucking click. I am the fucking click. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean. That's that's true. (laughs) And Jack was just an amazing champion and uh, just friend and supporter (laughs) of of letting me do my thing and try to do the best I can. And I I don't think, I think it's the only time I asked for that. And he just readily gave it to me. So I got to thank him for that. And, uh, but beyond that, it was, it was just such an uh, amazing song to be able to do with Jack and 
of him doing the vocals and just like dad with the paralyzed vocals, like sometimes getting those, those, uh, words in that timely fashion. And, uh, all of it was really meant to be, and it was just, just an amazing kickoff track. Yeah. What do you, what do you remember about it, Jack? I always liked that song, but it refers back to the gal I dated in high school and her name is Diane. And that song always rung in my mind because of her. And I always said, you know, there was, when Debbie passed away, she gave me 12 don't do's. I don't want you doing this. Promise me you won't do this. Promise me that you won't go that direction. And one of them was not to ever talk to her again. So when we were talking about playing music, I thought, I'd like to do that song so I can remember my days with, with Diane. And there's so much to that. Um, uh, it just, it just, it, it gives me joy because I think it's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a, there's so much for me in the, the, the hearing these songs, uh, cause I participate in some of them, but just as an experience and for being a collection of cover songs, they seem as though they communicate very personal things and specific things. I, I'm, uh. That I'm often struck by that. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little story about that song. It, uh, you know, I didn't even want to mention, but I, I, I'll mention it. Okay, I was playing football for the high school team, and at the time, my dad had a, a Pontiac Bonneville, big car, had probably about a quarter tank of gas on it. And I didn't know, so Diane got in the car with me, and instead of going to football practice, I thought, well, we can make it to Wadsworth to make it back before football practice so on the Thursday night. On Thursday nights, we just did run-throughs. In other words, you would set up your lines on both sides, and you'd run the ball back, and then the defense would try to, you know, go to where the ball is. But it was kickoff and returns, okay? So we get to Wadsworth, and the damn car runs out of gas. Oh. I'm dressed in my civilian clothes. My football uniform and stuff is in the car. So she calls her mom and says, oh, shit, I'm not going to make it practice on time. I better jump in my football outfit. So here I am in back seat putting my football gear on to go practice on a Thursday night. We're sitting in Wadsworth, no gas. And she calls her mom from a neighbor to come get. So you can you imagine, here's two of us in there, Jack and Diane, and one's trying to dress in his football uniform. She gets gas in the car, and by the time I get there, practice is half over. You know, and here I'm the kicker of the team, so I'm going running on the team there, and the coaches are looking at me, where the hell you been? You know, and I always think that 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 wording in that Jack and Diane, he always wanted to be a football star. Oh yeah, no, football oh, yeah. star. And that was one of the things that I liked about that song. And I thought, well, I got to do this. I got to. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. Yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff comes through. And there are things that I think I probably infer uh, on my own that. Uh, that I don't even like feel the need to talk about because I'm like either wrong and then you know yeah. <laughs> about whether it's a song or any of the others, but the, yeah. it, it all really hangs together for me as a really nice collection of like these pairings of uh, of covers from from the various artists and even the flow of it, the way that it's organized, kind of introduces people. But these first several, yeah, you sing them, Jack, and uh, and the first two are the are the John Mellencamp songs and and the. And the second one, Small Town, of course, the town of Ritman, where we're yeah. all from, is very small. I can't remember the population count or anything, but that rings true. I think it's actually gone down to like 65 now or something. 6,500. Okay, okay. 
What, uh, I mean, did, did that kind of thing come into play in, in choosing uh, that song? Or how were the songs kind of selected? Well, moving to Akron and then moving down to, to Canton, Canton area down there, I always remember Roots back in Ripman. There's so much about Ripman, you know, the cemetery, playing up in Ripman, playing sports in Ripman, playing music in Ripman. I mean, there's so much about this small town that applies to, to me and Jim. And, uh, you know, even at the time, I was doing a lot of research in the Wayne County Library at the time. And I was, you know, you, you type in my name and you can see all kinds of shit from the uh, prom days to music days to sports, you know, even from Little League. You know, my name's in, in the paper from Little League for, wow. and pictures and stuff. So when you think of small town, yeah, that song applies big time. Yeah. You know, and that was another Mellencamp song that I liked that was very familiar with with growing up here yeah great lyrics both both of them are just john's writing on those things was phenomenal there's a reason there's a reason why they're standards well i cannot forget where it is i come from i cannot forget the people who love me yeah i can be myself in this small town All of the cover songs sound so similar um, to their, to you know, to the songs that we're paying homage to, especially with these Mellencamp songs. Yeah, tell me about like kind of how you would build them and and what type of input the guys would have. Uh yeah, I mean Jack's really great, and if you just put the song on and let him play, he will match it. And so I I don't know some early along the way we. Uh, I found that, and uh, then to go find out that that's how he was playing the songs back with the Bushmen, that makes yeah. sense, but yeah. he's really great at just playing the song and let him play to it, and then I know our tempo is close, and uh, we start building from there. Who does most of the guitars? Is it always Bry, or, or is that shared across the different players? He does all the hard stuff. I do the cowboy chords. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I have things I'm particular about, and then I I try to leave room to let them fill in their, their attitude and their There's pieces. No, no question, when you start to do those kind of things, you realize the rhythm has to be right. It, there is no break. You just don't add syncopations where they don't belong. Uh, you're trying, you know, for us, we're trying to uh, emulate the, the original as best we can. Um, with the goal down the road of being able to produce it and do it the way we want to do it. But in this particular case, there's so much precise movement uh, with all the instruments that uh, even playing just what I would call the cowboy chords, which uh, is the basic rhythm, it's got to be right. If you're not in that industry or you're doing that, you miss that. You don't realize how critical that is. Oh, let's take 10 we got to get it right this time. You're you're a little too fast or a little too slow. Or, you don't realize that. And uh, and these two songs, especially with all the movement and articulate uh, nature of the drums and the vocals, everything about it, and get it so close is just amazing. It just even when we listen to it, you know, after Brian Face just touches on you, just like, man, you could you could play that on the radio. Mm -hmm. It'd be mm -hmm. hard to criticize it and. 
I don't think anybody, really, anybody that does vocals professionally or otherwise likes hearing their voice. And it takes time to hear that and to accept it. But to hear that and say, oh, probably the only guy that's critical of the voice is Jack. Yeah, as the singer. Yeah. <laughs> and we, looking at it from a critical viewpoint, say, no, that was really good. Uh, the whole thing is so precise, so well put together. Uh, you just can't say enough about what Brian has done to make that all work, the, those two songs especially. And to butt in, uh, Jack's vocals are so sincere. Jack can sing these songs and mean them with such sincerity and integrity, that, and that's why it's so touching. It's one way to sing them, but he sings like he's telling a story. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that is a gift. You can't reproduce that. The songs mean something to him, obviously, but he just has a gift of being able to tell a story. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and to hear like the the, the little details about the football star and the, the, and the <laughs> high school girlfriend, it's like... Half a tank of gas, I was quarter tanking. Oh, no, it's empty. <laughs> yeah, but I think those personal connections and the, the things in the back of your mind uh, must be what inform it, because it does. There's a real character and personality and, and uh, as Bryce says, a sincerity in the singing these two feel like they could have been on the, on the Friends and Family album from 2018. Was this a conscious thinking on anyone's part that this is going to be the next collection of songs? Or is it just kind of take shape over time? Because this was like a three-year period or longer than that to create this I feel like it's been about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Our criteria really was... Uh, to help Jack realize a dream. So he picked the songs out, and as he picked them out, then Brian would work with him on how to order them up. Oh, yeah. This has been a Dreaming Out Loud Records and Hair on the Bear production. It was produced and edited by me, David Ullman. I recorded myself here in Minnesota, and my brother Brian recorded himself, Jim and Jack, in Ohio, both for the interview and, of course, all the music as well. And speaking of the music, you can find Family Album by the Almond Boys on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, and, of course, for free at DreamingOutLoudRecords.com. For more of the story, including photos, videos, countless links to the related projects mentioned, and the collected seven-part blog series recounting the family music history leading up to this moment, head over to davidalman.net slash familyalbum. Thank you to my brother, my uncle, and my dad for sharing their time and memories with me, and thank you to you for taking an interest in us.